expressed by the presenters and guests are their own, and they do not necessarily reflect those of Equitable Bank. This podcast is presented for general informational purposes only and is not intended to provide investment or legal advice. Welcome back to Equitable Banks, more Bank for Your Buck podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Medicare, the missteps and how to avoid them. Um, And uh, Phil and I are joined by Steve out of our Equitable Bank Wealth Management Group. Steve, welcome. Glad to be here. Glad you're here. And uh, before we dive into the topic for today, um, Phil and I and our audience want to to hear a little bit about uh, Steve, how you got into banking and um, a little bit about yourself. So turn it over to you, Steve. Interesting. Yeah. um, Kind of a long way around. I worked for one of our uh, Nebraska's largest health insurers, Blue Cross Blue Shield, for 20 years. Um, Was an independent for a few years there and Kind of, you know, there were some changes in the healthcare industry, you know, about 2014 with the Affordable Care Act that made insurance companies do things different ways. We uh, had to reassess uh, as far as individual insurance, how you're handling the folks that are under 65 that want to buy insurance. They'll pretty much have to work through the Affordable Care Act or healthcare.gov. And uh, <clears throat> so a lot of changes took place. So myself came at a crossroads. I decided whether or not to put all my eggs in one basket, so to speak, and do just health care and decided, well, um, my previous experiences in finance uh, brought me to equitable wealth management. One of our uh, guest speakers before was a person who interviewed me, Tim O'Connor, yeah, has history with Equitable Bank. And I've known him for over 25 years. I thought, well, if I'm going to get into finance and be a financial advisor, I want to work with that guy. And so he's been a mentor to me. So, But uh, with that, I still bring 20 years of experience. So as part of our wealth management team, uh, I bring all that experience. And so if there's a case where somebody has a question about Medicare, their clients, or if they're uh, maybe under 65 and they uh, aren't sure they're entrepreneurs or self-employed or business owners, then I, I can use my expertise there as well as the help with the financial Now, when you side worked for story. Blue Cross, did you work for as a corporate position with Blue Cross? Or were you an independent <clears throat> producer or a combination of both? <clears throat> yeah, we were captive um, in-house agents, okay. so to speak. So we each had a territory. There were like 15 of us. Uh, they called them consumer sales representatives. So we each covered a territory and, you know, traveled around, make, made ourselves available to customers. As, you know, as technology evolved, we would more or less than kind of stay more centralized instead of spending your time traveling. We use, you know, the new technology and uh, stay more centrally located and travel less, use your time more wisely. Right. When you talked about the uh, Affordable Care Act, um, mentioned what we call the exchange, or at least the the the, the exactly. website that you go out right to to seek those. You know that really revolutionized your industry. There's a lot of things that changed with that. Um, you know, and they always say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? There are a lot of things that happened that probably they wish we, we could have done a little bit differently. But that rolled out in what year was that? 
2012, 14? I think it was signed in 2010, and then okay. finally took a while till 2014 yeah. for okay. it to actually be rolled out. Yeah. So. You know, and now that's kind of the norm, right? A lot it of is. self-employed business owners and their families and employees. I mean, that's really where a lot of folks, if they can't get it, benefits, that is, through their employer, they've got to go find a solution. Yeah, so it's a double-edged sword. It's it's great because those are the people too, like your independent self-employed people or maybe a business is so small they don't quite offer health insurance right. that their employees can actually go get a health product and no underwriting now. They have their guaranteed issue and they are mandated to cover the 10 essential health benefits that all the plans would offer. So that's great. You right. want to make sure you hit the open enrollment period though, or you're going to kind of hold your peace. And when does that start for our viewers that <clears throat> might not understand that? Right. Um, so for individual coverage, that starts November 1st every year. And then it, and like this year coming up, it'll run till January 15th, but your real changes need to be done by December 15th to take effect for January, January one. 1. Got it. So there's a little extension, but Changes after twelve fifteen to one fifteen will take effect February first. So, now I happen to be self-employed shortly after the rollout of the healthcare.gov exchange, and had my experience with the exchange. Which the one thing that seemed lacking in the platform to me is someone such as yourself that understands the ins and outs of healthcare, having worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield for twenty plus years. I had no clue what I was doing. Absolutely no clue. At the time, uh, married, one child, uh, neither one obviously being self-employed. I didn't have access to an employer's plan. My wife was with a small employer, didn't have access to health care either. So this was our only option. Exactly. And there are so many options on healthcare.gov that I, I was absolutely, basically I went through and found the absolute cheapest plan I could find because I'm looking at my wife and it's like, We've already had a child, so we got through that expense. You're healthy, I'm healthy. You know, we don't need a whole lot of insurance now. Hindsight being 2020, I, I did not pick the correct plan for us because, again, I had no clue what I was doing. I was just going through and finding, mm -hmm. okay, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I, I, I want the cheapest thing possible, just to say. I, I, I called it yep. if I get hit by a bus insurance. You know, if I if mm -hmm. I am kind of sick or need to go to the doctor, that's on me. I'm gonna have to pay for that. But if something catastrophic happens. I want coverage for that. When you were at Blue Cross at that time, did you have the ability during that rollout? If, if I called you and said, hey, Steve, I know you can't sell me insurance, but boy, I'm really confused with healthcare.gov. Can you help me out? I mean, were there people that could help walk you through that process? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was our job was to sell the insurance. So, But you know, being captive at that time, we just sold Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was, you know, the place to be and you know the the plan of choice i think with network wise sure, and benefit right. wise there were some and um you know at that back in 20 end of 2016 2017 is when they ended their stint on the marketplace they were one of the last ones to pull out and then there's a new company called medica that you know we deal with but um and i've been a few come and go since but you'd already seen like the co-opportunity come that was uh quasi-governmental plan that lasted one year and went out of business. Then you're United Healthcare's and Aetna's, and then right. they had already come and gone, and then Blue Cross was one of the last carriers. Medicaid came on board for a year, and then Blue Cross still said, yeah, we're on track to lose so much money. It's, it's not fair to the rest of our members. 
it was going to eat up the reserves. So um, they just decided then to be one of the last big carriers to pull out. And it's been a few, there's been a few carriers since, and that's who you you get. But um, there's still some some valuable players out there. But Steve, you mentioned network. Um, You know, that, that term uh, has changed quite a bit, I would say, in what that means to how it impacts families, right? And, and, um, employees of, of companies that offer those types of benefits. Talk a little bit to our to our viewers um, about what that what that looks like today and what it's going to look like going forward. Um, exactly. Yeah. So network. Before you'd almost look at the company and go, they have the best network, you know. But now, you know, like Blue Cross's traditional blue card network was nationwide. It was ninety eight percent of the doctors. If it doctor wasn't in network, it was almost like they're not worth going to, you know? So it's a screening process. So that was the network. It was the plan. So you knew the plan and you knew those, recognize those symbols and Hey, well that's value and you're going to go there. But now even like the blue cross blue shield, they'll have a certain uh, provider network with just one group of hospitals, CHI for example. And then if you're in a certain other area, it could be the university Methodist hospitals, you know? Um, So more, targeted to what you where you want to go type networks so um, the plans are more network driven so the different networks give you different discounts and therefore affordability so around here having a St. Francis or Kearney having Good Samaritan those are going to be in a CHI network Blue Cross Blue Shield plan so changing gears a little bit the healthcare.gov was confusing enough to me now errol and i are fortunate enough at at current juncture we're not really concerned about medicare for ourselves but i think a lot of our listeners and some of our customers might be what take us through the basic i I know absolutely nothing about medicare zero yep i mean start at the beginning what age does medicare start how does enrollment take place what is the product because i know it's it's a government-sponsored product but that's about all i know Right. So, and just like I will with you gentlemen, let's assume you were coming in having your 65th birthday. Okay. And, um, usually maybe they're long in face and kind of thinking, Oh boy, I'm finally old. (laughs) (laughs) I try to reassure them that 60 is the new 40. So, Hey, relax. Good to know. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll have a little fun with it, but we talk about the parts of Medicare, A, B, C, and D and, uh, what those mean first. And then, there's really two different approaches, the old school approach. And each of these, they're both right. So there's two different schools of thought. One is the traditional use your original Medicare A and B, and then add on what we call a Medigap or Medicare supplement plan. And then somewhere around 2006, you added this part part of Medicare. There's plans and parts and PPOs and all these little terminologies, but Parts of Medicare A, B, C, and D are the the original A and B, and then we'll get to C later, but D is your standalone drug plan that you add along with your A and B and your Medicare supplement. The good news is the supplements somewhere about 15 years ago were all standardized, so you know if you had Plan F, for example. Plan F was the same one from one company to the next, so you literally didn't have to compare the plan. It was the same from one company to the next, so... Then you look at the strength of the company and, you know, their track record. 
So, how so are A and B free then? Is that, is that free <clears throat> healthcare? Does oh, Medicare no. cost? No, but care. that's what I call signing up and getting into the club. Okay. You know, welcome okay. to the club. Everybody gets into the club. Now, let's say you work till 70. You don't need B yet. You're just going to have your part A. It's just secondary. You're going to have your group plan is still primary. You can work as long as you want and keep that group plan. You don't have to take B at 65 if you're covered with creditable coverage as good as Medicare. So you're still working, right? You're yeah, 67, let's say you're still, you're still working. working. Okay. 67, 68, you still can be on part A's just sitting there in the background, and your group plan then would be primary. Okay. Those folks that do that will get a couple forms, sign up, call Social Security office where they handle the sign-up for Medicare. You'll get your B, your group plan will end, and then it's seamless. You go right in there. So, is there, so A and B. 67 and working, uh, is there an advantage to, okay, I turned 65, but I – Say I'm in good health and I really love what I'm doing, and I plan on working till 72, three or four. Is there an advantage to signing up for Part A if I already have a good employer-sponsored health coverage plan? Do I still need to do that? Right. You need to ask a professional and just ask and weigh it out. Okay. Because okay, sometimes that individual, the group plan might be 600 bucks for that individual to add group coverage. Well, they can get their Medicare A and B for. The hundred and it's now gone from 170, went down to 167, I believe, for next year. But is that you, for the year had, per month? Per month. Per month. Okay. For the and year. the folks that draw Social Security, you'll see that come right off your Social Security check. Okay. To other folks that haven't started Social Security yet, so if you're 65, you're not getting that full Social Security age yet. So they'll pay it direct, and they have different options to do that. Most just get a little bill every three months in the mail, but. Um, so then they just weigh out whether or not their Part B premium for 167 and a supplement is cheaper than the, let's use my first example, $600 at work. Now, remember, a group plan might have a $5,000 deductible or right. sure. $2,000 yeah. deductibles, co-pays, out-of-pockets they can consider. So they weigh all those options versus a, a supplement, which is kind of like a gold plan. Your grandma and grandpa used to call it the gold plan. It was the way to go. Very little out of pocket, and then uh, so for a couple hundred dollars, all said and done, they're good to go. Versus maybe a more expensive employer plan. Now, if you have that employer plan legally, are you allowed? Can you opt out of? Let's let's take that example. Your Mm -hmm. employer plan's a good plan, but it's six hundred dollars a month, and I come in and sit down with you, and and you go over the numbers and say, well, your employer plan's a good plan, but it's six hundred a month. I can get you in Medicare Part A and B and, and whatever combination thereof, and it's only going to be two fifty a month. Can you opt out of said employer plan and just take Medicare? Absolutely. Okay. Once you hit sixty five, your most folks, unless you're disabled or have other some other disease, would you get Medicare sooner? But at sixty five, you'll get A and B or be eligible for A and B, and you can waive off the group plan. Some people work later because maybe their spouse is younger. Could be. Yeah. Um, and. If they went on Medicare, then they would uh, they could cobra the wife and kids, or they could uh, a lot of time the kids are gone by then. But right. maybe the spouse would just be uh, need it for another eighteen months or two years, or they can just go to the marketplace, which we talked about for individuals. So a lot of moving parts there, kind of. Yeah. There's some choices, and if you talk to a professional, they we can help, for example, and help them make that decision whether to stay on the group. They can't entice. An employer shouldn't entice an individual to go to Medicare because that might, you know, make their group rates better if they get the older people off the group. But might be a conflict there. They're not supposed to. 
entice them by saying, hey, I'll pay your Medicare. They shouldn't do that. The person can make that choice, though. And I like to mention it to people that, you know, once you hit 65, maybe you want to work three days a week. Sure. Uh, Cut your hours, be a little more flexible, but still don't want to leave work entirely. Uh, You know, and so they can do the Medicare supplement or Medicare plan and uh, keep the flexibility. Steve, when you sit down with families that are, you know, really, it's a fairly short window of time to understand, kind of download all that data, right? And just what's going to make the most sense um, financially, right? It's, it's risk-reward. It's how much could we possibly spend on health care expenses for this next year? What do those premium dollars look like that would basically ensure that I don't have more than this, whatever deductibles or whatever that looks like. Um, you know, there's a lot of data that we have to go through. Um, in your experience, what are some of the, the biggest potholes, if you will, that, that families, business owners are, are, are running into when making those decisions? What questions aren't they asking? What are the, the, the finer details that they're missing when selecting that choice for the next calendar year? Um, that's, that's a good one. Kind of like what I was mentioning, you know, what's the true out-of-pocket going to be for them and the affordability and flexibility with, you know, what are their plans and goals for the future? Do they want to be working full-time anymore? But all those things kind of come into play. Um, biggest uh, red flag, so to speak, um, you usually don't make that move and then go back on group, although it could happen. Okay. You know, it's not irreversible, uh, but most people know that right off. And it's usually pretty obvious that maybe that's when you want to do it this, you know, this coming year or sometimes they've had it. It's just now is time, you know, maybe. And one thing they do might, might just stand out is if they've met their deductible for the year, on their group plan and rather than pulling the plug in August or September, just wait till the end of the year and make a clean cut, start on a new plan at the end of the year. And, uh, but it's not uncommon to start a year before they turn 65 or six months ahead of time. We can get things done relatively quickly. If they come in a month ahead of time, no problem. Cause all these sure. things are guaranteed, but to go ahead and start that conversation and, lay out some of those questions, what they want to be looking at. So before it, they... let's say they have a, a March 1 birthday. Okay, I'm turning 65 on March 1st. I'm still employed. I'm still covered by a group plan. They can't enroll in Medicare at 64 and nine months, correct? They have to wait till that March 1st to be covered by Medicare. So they would be in their group plan for the first three months and then make the switch to Medicare. How does that work logistically? They just happen all year long as people turn 65 for okay. the most part. So about a month or two ahead is when we really start doing the paperwork. Okay. Um, if we, we turn 65, we can go, or three months ahead of time is generally the good working time frame to get on. You can go to socialsecurity.gov, ssa.gov, enroll for A and B. There's a choice of whether or not to take Social Security. Most don't, you know, till they're 66 and six months is the age now, or 66 and seven months, but sign up for Medicare only then. Um, pick that March 
if your birthday's anywhere in March, it will be March 1. If it's anywhere in April, it'll be April 1. They move yeah. it ahead. If it's March 1st, you're actually going to be pushed to February 1st. You know, it's just funny. When it's on the 1st, it's the month ahead. It just little rules and intricacies that you learn as you go. But just 60 days, 30 days in advance is good. Uh, if you have papers to turn into Social Security office for Medicare, they don't want them more than a month in advance because then they'll probably get buried. It's like any office. They don't want them too soon. Sure. They don't want to miss them. So you, you, you get A and B always together. You don't get A or B. A and B come together then? Well, people think that. A is generally back there in the background. And when you turn 65, generally that's when your A starts. There's no premium. Your Part A premiums are paid all those years you work. So uh, FICA pays okay. that. So the B is the one that has the premium, Part B premium. Um you know, it's $170.10, it'll go down to 167 January 1st, but that's the one that uh, would come off your Social Security if you're already drawing disability or Social Security, but then they would bill you direct. So do they cover different things? I, guess, I don't understand why there's a Part A and a Part B. Is what I'm Good point. Yeah. And that's, that's where I start out. So now when we have people at 65, we're talking about Medicare. What are those parts A's and B's and C's and D's? So our A is your inpatient. A, originally, we're just talking about original Medicare now. A is inpatient or hospital, they call it. So anything you get done in the hospital, inpatient, uh, whether it's skilled care, could be cost of blood while you're in the hospital, or just hospice care. Those items are part under Part A. Um, and if you're over there on your group plan still, those are secondary, but the group would pay all that. But let's just say you're 65 and your Medicare is primary. Those bills then go to Part A of Medicare. Okay. Let's hold off on B. B is outpatient, but B then is the one that costs a little bit. But that's your doctor bill. You know, and, um, there's a B deductible. There's a 20%. But B, uh, it could be anywhere from doctors to blood outpatient. Um, could be some Part B drugs, maybe even like chemotherapy, uh, Drugs you take in an infuser or infusion type therapy drugs or Part B hospice if you're terminally ill again. So, um, but mostly durable medical equipment and doctor bills are what you're going to see under Part B. So, if <clears throat> excuse me, if someone's 65 and is in relatively good health and they don't they don't anticipate a lot of doctor mm -hmm. visits and again all they really want is that okay i'm have a heart attack i'm in the hospital and, and rack up some major medical costs do they have to take b and pay for b or can they just take a at 65 we're not covered by a group plan have no other health insurance can we just take a uh, good point so there's some people don't need to take b those covered under credible coverage through a group maybe they have va okay, okay. some other credible coverage but generally people take a and b even if you have like your va um, because now let's say they got their card in the mail and it's $170 a month now. And they're like, oh, I'm doing pretty well here. I don't want to take part B. Unfortunately, those folks that take B later are penalized. Mm. So you want to take B if you don't have other credible coverage. So your B starts usually when A starts. Okay. And that way you do have the hospital and the doctor's coverage and you won't be penalized. The folks that sign up later, it's, what is it, 1%? No, 10% um, a year, I believe, for the Medicare Part B penalty. 10% so, of the premium? 
Yeah. So there's okay. a cost. Your part B will cost more forever. Right. So you want to get into the club, I call it. So, uh, so if you wait three years, you've got a compounding 10% annual increase that you get to pay yeah. the rest of your life. Your 170 just became okay, so that you, much more. So yeah. you are signing up for A and B. You want to. Okay. Very good. Right. So no matter how frugal you were and smart you thought you were, you always say, geez, I should have got B. <laughs> when you, first chance you have. Yeah. So, uh, and then that's your primary, that's original Medicare. And then, so the folks have their choice of, which my next step is to, not that we're, because when you get A and B, you, you don't have any underwriting, so to speak. You have an open enrollment. Your initial enrollment period is three months before the month of and three months afterwards. So, and Medicare supplements have six months to choose. So we just kind of ask a few questions like, what are you doing? Are you looking at a double hip surgery the first day after you retire or are you the one that's still running marathons you know um so then i can help them decide maybe what the best route would be so when does open enrollment start for medicare then um that's your your i think your question is when is your annual enrollment okay thank you because i mentioned before those folks turning 65 have the three months before the month of and three months after right now is that time of year though it's october and Saturday was the 15th, so that's when they get their opportunity. The Medicare people, why would you need open enrollment? Because that Part D, that was the next thing we are going to talk about, their prescriptions or those folks that are going to pick a Medicare health plan. That's Medicare Part C. They can take that time to see if they're on the right prescription drug plan for the next year. So from October 15th through December 7th, is the Medicare Part D enrollment period. And then if they don't, and you can choose a Medicare Advantage plan at that time. And those folks that already have a Medicare Advantage plan or Part C have from January through March 31st to switch Advantage plans. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So we talked about A and B and Medicare supplements and D. That's so that's your, the foundation that's of your, your Medicare. drug plan. Yeah, yep. A and B, that's, that's your hospital, that's your doctor, that's Basically, what mm-hmm. anybody that signs up for Medicare is more than likely getting A and B for sure. That's where you start. Okay. So then we ask a couple questions. Are you going to be needing a lot of doctor visits? Or are you a frequent flyer? Do you go quite a bit? <laughs> so, you know, yeah, would co-pays they, or that, would a plan with that, co-pays wind up costing you more? That's their story, right? I mean, that's the journey that they're on. And everybody's exactly. going to be a little different. Not that we're... And pharmacy coverage, I mean, that... Yeah. That trend has changed a lot in my lifetime, but the cost of those medications, right? It seems like almost everybody's got their laundry list of medications that they're on are becoming so expensive so quickly that I'm assuming that D plan is where a lot of folks are spending a lot of time understanding That's are there networks or are there, you know, well, is every pharmacy partaking in D let's talk about D yeah so right it's kind of a network yeah it is because then they decide which pharmacies are participating um, on each drug plan there's 28 drug plans in Hall County for example so that's (laughs) so you can yeah probably seven eight different companies but they all have two or three plans so um so what you do is we have your drug formula, your what your prescription drug medication list is, and we enter that on, we use the other site, medicare.gov. And some have private software that does the same thing, but 
comes up with a number. Now, I, I used to say, yeah, you could sit here with a Blue Cross brochure and a Humana brochure and tear my hair out for two hours. Yeah. And I think I have it right. But yeah, I just enter them on the Medicare.gov website, and it ranks them. It, it figures premium, what pharmacy you go to, which is important. Sure. Some people travel, so they want to use a big chain. Um, based on your drugs today, and maybe if you use one infrequently, maybe throw that in there. But usually the ones you use all the time, and then what pharmacy you go to. And then it gives you a number, deductible, premium, out-of-pocket, and then that number is what you go by. So. It does all the work for you. It's free slick. That's nice. But wow, I didn't realize there were that many different drug plans. Yeah. And I mean, talk about needing a resource because if, well, no if I'm sitting here I'm looking at my list yeah. of, of, of <laughs> prescriptions that I'm on, right, and I'm going to be making that decision, that's pretty granular. And this, here are the expenses per drug and, well... What happens there aren't any plans. Yeah, there aren't any plans maybe that cover 100% of what I'm taking. But what are the most expensive? What are the most frequently filled? He asked the right question. Uh, what if they don't? Yeah, so they have to cover two drugs in every category. So they have to, each pharmaceutical company that, uh, you know, Silver Script, Blue Cross, uh, Mutual Omaha, whatever, they have to cover two, two statins, prescriptions, two blood centers, yep, whatever. From okay. each category. And so even then, there's some built-in overrides. So step therapy, you have to try the cheaper ones first sure. before you get to the brand names. Or even if they don't cover this certain new brand name, it has to get an overwrite from the doctor. And they will cover it maybe at a higher copay. So, yeah, that's a lot going into that. So already you're learning. Here's the point. All those years you're working, your HR rep has a meeting with you. You have a lunch and learn, and hey, let's go back to work, right? Right. Now it's on you. So what do you want to do? You want to sit down with someone that knows this stuff. Absolutely. And go get you through the hoops, explain the A, Bs, and Cs, and Ds. And, and then every year you kind of you get what they call an annual notice of change. They call it an ANOC kit for short. All the people that are 65 know is this time of year they're getting stuff in the mail from their exact plan, too, and it tells you, okay, my deductible's changed a little bit, premium's changed, and I'm looking for that one that I take that's 600 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Is that on the formulary? You know, what's the copay? So that's usually what happens. And then uh, if there's a major change, they have to say, oh, we're not covering Eliquis anymore, or it's going to be a tier five instead of tier four, you know, and what is that bottom line for that person? So that's when, you know, it gets real. So then you have to start. That's why part D open enrollment, annual open enrollment is pretty important for people. I have no idea how someone would go about this alone. Unless you <laughs> were a, a, a retired a health insurance professional. I, I just have no idea. Cause I, I yeah. again, I'm still trying to digest all of this and we haven't even talked about part C yet. Right. Or any, there you private go. supplement plans, I'm sure, that can be added on on top of all of what we've talked about to this point. Yeah. So, and Steve, how many times are you sitting down with your client and their adult children that yeah. probably have no clue either what's going on? <laughs> I'm glad when they do come along. Yeah. Um, usually January, they'll get a new card, okay? And then mm-hmm. their first trip to the pharmacy, I get a call. It's $500. What's going on? <laughs> well, right. that's your deductible. Okay, but my plan didn't have a deductible last year. Well, this year it did. And, that, you know, the, the machine or the computer figures out. 
that's still the best plan for you because it had a $10 right. premium, for example, or the copays were less, or that pharmacy covers all your generics at zero copay and waves is a deductible. So you just happen to take Eliquis, and that's not very fun in January. So right. this year, the $505 deductible is on your standard Part D plan. So that's what folks will have to deal with first. Um, so what's Part C cover then? D is for drugs, right? For your, That's for your, your medications. And what's C do for somebody? Good. I'm glad you asked because that, as you know, if you've watched TV and it'll ramp up this time of year too, and it'll go all the way through March, you've seen Joe Namath talking about health, Medicare health plans and what you're missing out on. And based on your zip code, you could get, you know, health, dental, vision, hearing, all these other things, over-the-counter things. So Joe Namath or JJ, Jimmy Walker, you know, yeah. so let's, yeah. people that are baby boomers and older know who those oh, guys yeah. are, but Joe Theismann, Joe Namath, they're getting in on it too. But uh, basically they're talking about a Medicare health plan and still goes back to the base where you need A and B to be in the club. You okay. Once you have A and B, you can choose whether to go add a Medigap or a supplement and a standalone Part D drug plan. Those are very good coverage generally. And in that situation, you would just be looking at whether you want to change drug plans or Part D plans. Okay. But some folks say, well, you know what? I like ABC companies so well. I'm just going to go one step further based on what Joe says. I'm going to go ahead and go to that company direct, and they'll be my Medicare health plan or Part C carrier. So the Medicare health plan has one card. Now it's more network-driven. Sure. Cost-sharing type program versus the supplement that covers almost everything. So you're going to go to a copay-based type system where instead of having all your doctor bills covered and hospital bills covered 100%, you're going to be paying a $5 general doctor visit, $45 specialist, um, $60 urgent care, $300 outpatient deduct or copay. Um, inpatient out, uh, let's say hospital outpatient would be 350. And if you went to a hospital and you get a lot done in two days now, right? Even right. if you have a knee surgery, you're out on the second day. Mm -hmm. um, you can get a hip done in two, three days. So the hospital has a copay of like 420 so for four days, could be 350 for five days. So you might have 1500 bucks at risk on a hospital stay. But here's where, the, here's where the enticement is for the Medicare Advantage plans. Some of those, most of them are zero. So instead of a, remember, you still have to pay that B premium. You're not getting yeah. out of you that. Got, you that's the first thing to be that, in the club. That's, that's the right. first thing that crosses your mind is, well, I don't have to pay my Part B. Well, still paying it. Um, you still pay that. And then instead of a SEPS, Medicare supplement and a separate drug plan, you could have a, an Advantage plan or Part C plan for zero or 20 or $30, includes your drug plan and more the network-driven cost-share base. Could be for that person who's healthy, and really all they want is the dental and the vision and maybe some over-the-counter benefits, and they're more of the healthy type of person that just wants to do take their fish oil, their vitamins, and okay. go down the road. That might be a better plan for them. We're seeing probably about a 50-50 mix of so people it's kind of a wraparound is that a good way to think of it the c is it, it encompasses your a and your b and your drug plan it kind of ties it all into one one car yes one network 
one one stop shop. Exactly, one card for everything. That you just leave that Medicare card at home then. Um, exactly. So that that is a carry one card for everything type of type of program. So yeah. Do you understand? Do you, do you got everything down, Daryl? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm downloading it. It's 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 a lot. I mean, I would hope that those that are nearing the age of sixty five. You know, it's going to take them some time to really start understanding that. And how early do you start your education with folks that are nearing that? You know, six months to three months ahead, uh, they start getting things in the mail before a year before their 65th birthday. So they could have questions that early. Either way, if you're on the supplement with original Medicare and the supplement and the drug plan, you know you have original Medicare. The Part C or Advantage plans have to, by law, have as good as benefit as original Medicare too. So you're still getting the same benefits. It's just from one carrier. So it's privatized. You're seeing that maybe Medicare doesn't want to be in the part B business of filing all those claims right. directly. They just want to say here, United here, blue cross here at now you take care of those for us. And, and, uh, you, you, your next question is how do they do it all for zero? Well, the government must be paying them some sort of a fee every month to, right. to be the Medicare B to administer the plan. Exactly. And you had mentioned um, those that are currently 65 or older that are getting their their change document, right? All the changes for the next calendar year. Um, I'm going to assume most of your clients are bringing that document, scheduling a meeting with you and saying, help me understand this. Exactly. Because I know what government forms look like and how they articulate information and what changes. It's going to be pretty complicated. It is, and the annual notice of change used to be like a big packet, and now they know they're sending those out every year. They've kind of gotten thinner, and the words are smaller. They have to be a certain type size and everything. But, yeah, I just expect people to bring those in and, uh, you know, expect you know, me to help them or some other professional. But And if they're not, I mean, I would assume those plans just auto-renew. That's a good news. Right, yeah, they do. so they a consumer may not even really understand what is changing. Um, They don't have to make any decisions. Their plan renews the next year. And that's where you said, I think a lot of that surprise is going to come first part of the year. Could be right. When they, when they're, when it, people start making change when it impacts them. Right. And so for me and my, my thought process is until I go to the counter and buy that, or I schedule that meeting and all of a sudden I get a bill for X, Y, and Z. And October, November, December, I'm doing those same behaviors. Right. Never once had a bill or yeah. of, of, of impact, great right. impact to my, my checking or savings account or whatever that looks like. And then after that first of the year, then, you know, mom's freaking out, calling, you know, me, I, well, I don't understand this, right? And so I, to me, I think that's the value that you and your team bring to the table uh, to these families well in advance in understanding those changes, right? How's it going to impact us? And what changes do we need to make now between now and January, December 15th, right? December 7th. December 7th. For, for um, the Medicare folks. To take place January page. 1. <laughs> there's two, yeah, there's those two open enrollments going on. The under 65 folks from November 1st to December 15th and okay. on to January 15th. But then this one from October 15th to December 7th. So there's two correlating 
parallel opener almost going right. on, but it's, which can be confusing. But um, it's that busy time of year for insurance agents, so, health so to agents. Summarize October first. If you don't have a Medicare professional in your life, it's mm-hmm. probably time, it's time to pick up the phone, get online, do your search, do your research, find someone you can work with and you trust. Because again. I don't know how you would go about trying to navigate this efficiently. Now, mm-hmm. as Errol said, if, you, if you're already enrolled and you just want to set it and forget it and, and just let it go, it's probably going to work. Is yep. it going to be the best tool for you and your personal health and financial situation? Who knows? That, that's where professionals such as yourself comes into play. Because if you don't, yeah. I mean, just talking through the calculations of, of the drug plan or if you need C and who's your doctors, what's your drug list? I mean, You've got to have that quarterback in your corner to sit down with all this yeah. information and really find the, because I just look at it as this, as this kind of this magic box where you have to put in all the information, pull the right levers, push the right buttons, and, and out pops the proper <laughs> Medicare formula for you, your spouse, your family, however you want to look at it. But don't do it alone, for goodness sakes. Yep. I mean, please have someone in your corner, whether it's Steve or another qualified professional, to, to walk you through this process. And it's probably going to take a little bit more than the 35 or so minutes we've talked about it today. Exactly. Just call ahead, though. We'll set an appointment and we'll put things on the conference room table. And you can send your list ahead of time. I can have most of these things. A lot of times it's just a phone call and we don't need to get together. If you're, They renew automatically if you're already in a plan. And we know good things happen sometimes. Sometimes diabetic insulins and things are now $35, you know, so instead of paying the whole deductible first, sometimes they make some good changes. They close the donut hole. Those are other terms, you know, over the years that they've fixed and improved the plan. So, and then now you see with all the advertising, everybody's sick of a certain person on TV having with these commercials, but it's brought that to the forefront. So a lot of people can take advantage of maybe now getting those over the counter benefits and uh dental vision hearing so a lot of good things all important things yeah Yeah. so it's yeah you need to talk with the professional and let them just tell you what that's all about really and maybe what's at risk so certainly well steve i want to thank you for coming on today uh you're going to be busy man here (laughs) the next couple of months and just appreciate all that you do for for our clients and business owners and families in, in in our community that um, it, I mean, it's such a critical topic, you know, people's health is always the forefront and, uh, it's, it's a journey, right? I mean, you just, it, it changes, um, all of the time. And to our viewers, I would say if, if, if you have a parent that's, that's aging, that maybe not understanding, um, how this can impact them financially, uh, to the drugs that they can take, the doctors they can visit, you know, make that time, uh, with your family, uh, to schedule, a meeting with Steve and his team, understand the changes so you can make a decision well in advance. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Steve. We appreciate you being here today. Glad yeah. to be here. Thank you, guys. Okay. And thanks for joining us on Equitable Banks, More Bank for Your Buck podcast. Until next time, thanks. Like, share, and follow. I want to thank our audience for joining us today on More Bank for Your Buck and looking forward to our next podcast together, Phil. Sounds great. Thanks, Errol. My pleasure. Thank you. The opinions expressed by the presenters and guests are their own, and they do not necessarily reflect those of Equitable Bank. This podcast is presented for general informational purposes only, 
and is not intended to provide investment or legal advice.